0: If you're a business owner, you do not need me to tell you that running a business is tough. It is. I know this. But you might be making it even tougher on yourself than is absolutely necessary. Do not let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It is time for an upgrade, an upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that do not give you the information that you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all that old software that's obsolete, that you've already outgrown. Now is the time to step up and upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It is the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials your HR, your inventory, your e-commerce, and so much more. Literally everything you need, and it's all in one place instantaneously. So whether you're doing a million... Or hundreds of millions in revenue. Save time and save money with NetSuite. Join the over 21,000 companies that are using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at NetSuite.com. I need you to check it out. Schedule your free product tour right now at NetSuite.com. Dot com slash rome Check this out. You'll be very happy you did. netsuite.com/slash/rome. Romy, how are you, my man? Hug. I'm great. Your how guy, are you? Your
1: guy said I'm. You're I'm running late. You're going to cut me into like about thirty seconds because you were so verbose in the other interviews. There ain't true to it.
0: What does that even mean? I don't know. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Back in. Welcome to episode 167 of the Jim Rohn Podcast. In the event that you are without a pulse and or a calendar, let me remind you it is March. March means one thing. March Madness, the big dance, and we are only a few days out, so I am absolutely pumped to bring on a mainstay of the tourney. He has been to two Final Fours. He is a former National Coach of the Year. He's been in the game for nearly five decades. He is, without a doubt, a college basketball legend. He is one of my all-time favorites. He is Bob Huggins. Hug has his team in Indy as a three seed, and he is poised to potentially do some real damage. I love talking to Hug. I do not want to waste another second, so let's swing it on out to Indianapolis. Ground zero for March Madness for 2021. And let's get this thing popping. Episode 167 with Bob Huggins is coming at you right now. My man, first and foremost, Hug, in these crazy and challenging times, how in the world are you and those closest to you right now? Bring me up to date, Hug. How's your world? It's good.
1: It's good. I mean, we're uh, we're loosening up a little bit as we go. Um, we were kind of quarantined to our room for a spell, and then we were allowed to move around on the floor, and then we were allowed to go downstairs and and eat downstairs together. And so it's uh, we actually had practice last night. So we are making
0: progress, brother. I hear that. I hear that. It is a process. You're making progress. So how did practice go? What was it like to get everybody on the floor together?
1: Great. Great. They were, they were very enthusiastic about being able to get on the floor and practice with each other. It's, it's been a while.
0: It's been a while, Hug, and it's been a lot. Let me ask you something. You you're a three seed, and you're gearing up for another NCAA tournament, and you've had so many great runs. But before we get into that, I need to know how rewarding has it been for you to come home and not only coach at West Virginia, but to elevate that program to national prominence, to improve the improve the facilities and the outlook the way you have. What's it been like to return home?
1: Well, I, I, obviously, I love the place. I you know I was born in Morgantown. My mom and dad both born in Morgantown raised in Morgantown, and uh, to be able to come back to the university that you graduate from I think special for everybody, but I think particularly special for me because my relationship with the people in the state, and it's just been, it, it's been great, and we've been fortunate enough to, to make some runs and make the people proud, so that's kind of what
0: I wanted to do. And that's exactly what you're doing. And I'm going to ask you about that run in a minute or your next potential run. But as a great coach, Bob, I know you'll tell me you can't win without great players. And I will agree with you. So I need to hear you break down yourself as a player. Because as an example, you've seen it. And there's been a lot of talk about that ESPN.com piece where they rank every single coach according to their playing ability. They've got you number nine. Out of sixty-eight, right behind Console Martin and Lon Kruger, but ahead of Florida's Mike White. What's your reaction to that? And does that sound about right to you?
1: Yeah, a little low. I think probably a little low, uh, taking into account all the things I was able to do. But now I'm
0: teasing. Um, I, <laughs> I like where you're going with that. I, hug. Don't 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 I, walk that. I, I, don't walk I, I that was, was back. With, huh? Don't walk that back. I like where you're going with that. I think they did have you well, low. low. Uh, you know, it's 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 very.
1: Very subjective. We had guys on there that a uh, uh, guy you're very familiar with that really didn't uh, play because he hurt his knee. Uh, he, well, he was my assistant once. He couldn't play when he could play. So.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I uh, It is subjective, and those lists are just there to talk about. But I don't know, Hug. Maybe, maybe it's because you and I go way back, and maybe I'm getting older and I don't see things, remember things as clearly. I'm just taking you over to Juwan and Patrick Ewing both, Hug.
1: No, 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 those two guys, I mean, those two guys, national champions, yeah, actually, and? actually
0: pat was pat
1: was a world champion,
0: so uh, all right, yeah. so he, all right, so I'll put him ahead of you, I'll slot him ahead of you, but Jawan below you, you know what's funny, hug, well, maybe not so funny, but when you came out of West Virginia. You had a shot with the 76ers, and there's this amazing story about how you found out whether or not you made the team. Maybe you think folks know that story, but not everybody does. Who told you, and what did they say?
1: Al Domenico. Al Domenico who was the trainer. Uh, there were three of us in the locker room. Number one pick, Bob Elliott. Number two pick, Herman Harris, and myself. And he walked in. He said, as they do in Philly, he "said you ones want to know who made it or who didn't make it." Of course, both those guys jumped up and said, "Just tell us who made it, man. Just tell us who made it." He said, "None of you Maffers, and ran out the door. <laughs> and then he was a uh, he was kind of a comical kind of guy. So you know, they thought he was they thought he was uh, just you know making fun. He did not come back. So pretty soon they run out and they run up and down the hall trying to find him to find out if he was joking or if it was real i was gathering up uh all the gear that i could get stuff in a bag for mementos and i was out of there i was gone
0: yeah i know why hug because you knew unlike elliot and harris they may have been better players but you were smarter you knew what time it was now this guy he was the trainer right yeah and Mm -hmm. as the story goes, did he or did he not look like Arthur Fonzarelli?
1: Well, they called him the Fonz. Okay. They called him the Fonz because he he did he looked So, and, just, uh, Yeah.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead, Hook.
1: No, it, it, it was good, but, I mean, we we're talking about, could I make it? I mean, they had Doug Collins, World Be Free, Henry Bibby. I mean, please... Uh, George you know, that position was rather full at
0: the time. Yeah, right. So, you got the Fonz, all right? The Fonz comes in and says, "Do you want to know which of you guys made the team?" And these two guys are like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to know." And Fonz said, "Quote, none of you motherfuckers," and he ran out the room and didn't come back. Yeah, it's really funny, Fonz.
1: better with his accent, too.
0: Yeah, right. But so, yeah. So really funny, he ran Fons. out
1: the door and, and no one could find him. And there was nobody around now. I mean, uh, Coach McMahon was gone. They were all gone. The GM, everybody was gone. Earth Sinus College couldn't find a soul.
0: That was going to be I my next point. Hug they, like the, the coach. Here and go. The coach or the GM did not have the decency to let you know you got cut by the Fawns who MF'd you and ran out the door. Man, that's that's just wrong.
1: I was good with it. I was good with it. I. I still have some of that gear.
0: You know, so. <laughs> you know what's great about this, Hug, is you were good with it, and then a few decades later, I'm not good with it, but all right. That's cool. That's fine. You know, Hug, you, you are like a coach's coach. Well, you're the son of a coach, but you you love the profession so much, and you love the guys who came before you, and you love the guys who come after you, and there's so many great, great stories. Like take, take Jim Valvano. This is a guy that you absolutely want to spend some time with what made Jim valvano so unique for those who do not know and what was it like when you finally caught up with him that first time and got to spend time with him
1: he could stay up at night as long as I could
0: <laughs> is that code for what did you guys drink together
1: uh no I didn't it's no code I mean we we were actually we got a uh, we got a uh, some matches and we were we had the matches and we started five of them and and so that we had the red match the red match tops and the black match stops so we knew who was who and where we were moving these matches around when we were talking about, you know, how to play a different a different zone or whatever we were talking about at that time. And he said to me afterwards, he said, You know what? This has been really a lot of fun. I I really don't do this very much. So it was
0: it was kinda neat. Why, like, that? on some level, it kind of surprises me because, man, the guy was just, he had so much it, and he loved the game so much, and he loved coaching so much. It kind of surprises me that he didn't do that so much. Why is that?
1: Well, I I think he got into, I mean, he was probably the most sought-after speaker in the country for, for quite a while. And he, and he had his own TV show, if you remember. Sure. I and mean, he had a lot of things going on. I mean, it's amazing that he balanced what he balanced and was as good at everything he did
0: as he was. You know, Hug, I want to talk to you about a little bit of Big West, because my background, you may or may not recall, I went to UC Santa Barbara at a time when Tark and I want to ask you about Tark when UNLV was in all their glory. But Jerry Pym, who came to UC Santa Barbara, all of a sudden started to schedule big-time, big-time programs when we were on our way up. And I remember Jim Valvano coming into our building. And keep in mind, our building hug had 6,000 seats. And, man, Jimmy V, he was just larger than life. I just We were all in awe. Like, I cannot believe this guy is in our house and just living so large. He was amazing. I mentioned coaches. My guy Chris Beard absolutely loves you, just loves you, loves everything you represent. i got to get your thoughts on my guy Chris Beard. What do you think about him as a coach and a competitor and a guy?
1: I think he's a terrific coach. I think what he's done uh, there is is phenomenal to uh, get to the Final Four in in that short a period of time. He, he's a great coach. He's not a good coach. He's a great coach.
0: Glad to hear you say that. I think he is too. What about Tark, man? Back in the day, remember Tark when he had all those guys and Tim Gergerich was there and they played that amoeba defense and, man, they were so fierce. What was it like for you to hang out with Tark back in the day? What kind of talks did you have with him? I
1: had a blast with Tark. Uh, Ed Janka was very, very good to me. Ed ran all the Nike clinics. And I was, back when I was at Akron, when nobody knew who the hell I was. And Ed put me on, kind of on the the tour, and so I got to go sit with those guys in the hotel room and basically in Ed's suite, and I just sat and listened, listened to Tark and Lou Olson and you name all the all the great guys at that time. I, Al McGuire, I'd sit and listen to them, and then I got to I got to know them, and they were great to me. And if I ever had a question, want to talk about something, whatever. They were great to me, absolutely phenomenal, and, and really, honestly, nobody better than Tark. And, and uh, Tark, Tark saw us play against Illinois when Illinois is really good, the two consecutive Final Fours and all that, and we played them, and we didn't have a particularly good game. And he said, Meet me at Pieros." And so I went over, and so he and Charlie Spooner were there, and, and Tark says, I got a solution for you. I said, What's that? He said, uh, Give them all roller skates. I said, what am I going with roller skates? He said, take them up to the top of the mountain. I said, what would you do with roller skates on the top of the mountain? He said, push them all off, start over. Hmm.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And it, and you know what's great about that story, Hug? I'm so glad that not only did huh. he tell you that, but he told you that at Piero's. For those who don't <laughs> know, Hug, tell them about Piero's. I mean, there's so many classic, classic things that have happened at that restaurant. That is a great classic Italian joint in Vegas.
1: I got offered a Clippers job there.
0: Tell me Mars about it. There. Tell me about, tell me about that meeting. I got to hear this.
1: Uh, and and the owner of the, of the Clippers was there. They offered me a Clippers job.
0: And you obviously did not say yes. Did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about it, but I don't know. I'm not, you know, L.A. scares me.
0: Yeah, me too, and I was born there. to do. There's a lot of shit to do, a lot of shit to do, and a lot of things that can go wrong. But it's not like that was the only NBA job you got offered. So did you ever come close?
1: Well, I mean, looking back, I should have taken the Miami job, which was the first one I got offered. Um, should have taken it. It was a lot of money, and yeah, I think a great organization and great place to live. That's
0: probably, if I was going to take one, I probably should have taken that one. So remind me, Hug, what year was that?
1: after we went to the Final Four, which I don't know. I, you know, I, don't, I, I really don't look back. You know, I, I, I've told you the story many times, but I, there's, a guy, there's a guy that Bill Westhaver, when I was a kid, I grew up in a town of 500 people, two stoplights, nine bars, and he had a truck, and he'd come pick us up. He'd come pick us up and take us to the courts so we could play in neighboring towns and whatever. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm in the, I got in the middle one time. And so I'm sitting there and I look up. There's no uh, rearview mirror. And I said, "Uh, Phil, you don't have a rearview mirror. He said, boy, we ain't going backwards. And from that point on, I have not looked backwards.
0: I love that story. I can't hear that story enough. Boy, we ain't going backwards. We ain't looking backwards. We ain't going backwards. The only thing I like more about that hug is the ratio of bars to stoplights, nine to two. that'll happen in a town of about 500 speaking of nine bars Hug bring me up to date what's what's your poison these days you know you and I have done this a long long time and I've kind of changed my poison over the years I'm kind of curious where you're at these days what's your poison
1: oh uh basically Diet Mountain Dew (laughs) for real drink a lot of Diet Mountain Dew
0: how's that treating you uh
1: most days pretty good
0: nothing on a Saturday night after a tough game uh yeah. I drank some diet mountain dew. I'm not trying to cause any problems here, Hug. I'm just uh I'm just asking, you know, like I
1: every once in a while I put a little bit of the white
0: in it, but I see it working. I got you. I mean if you're not gonna tell me about your poison, I'll just tell you about mine, whether you want to hear it or not. I was clear for a long time. I actually was all about the Bombay Sapphire for a long time until it kinda tore me up, downgraded to vodka, moved on to tequila. For some reason, hug late in life. And I know you're enjoying this story a lot, I can tell. Late in life, I kind of picked up scotch. Like, I'm trying to figure out what that's all about all of a sudden. That's kind of fun. That's kind of where I'm at, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering.
1: Well, bourbon, is the, isn't the is bourbon the uh, brown of choice now?
0: So I'm told. So I'm told. But, you know, I'm kind of out of touch. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that young, fiery guy coming up anymore. Now I'm just kind of a middle-aged guy and a little bit out of touch. So I'll probably work my way there. I'm just not there yet, but I'm told. I'm told that. That it's the brown liquor of choice maybe so i don't know about you but every time i finish a workout man i'm hungry and i'm looking for some real protein do this next time you're in that situation do not make a shake Don't eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender because it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes with you wherever you go. Make sure you look for it in a Clearview bag. The Clearview bag where you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for Old Trapper in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Yeah. Some of the guys, some of the guys, some of the players, Mike, when I first got into the business and you and I first started to talk way back in the day, I was just so captivated and so fascinated by Nick Van Exel, as you probably recall, his fearlessness, mm-hmm. his swagger, man, his it, his big game capabilities. Like, what was it like to have Nick back in the day as your quarterback on the floor?
1: He was terrific. He was terrific. He was uh, – I think the best thing about him was he was – uh, he kind of knew what he wanted to do and and kind of did it. And I learned that, you know, fighting and arguing with him wasn't very productive. So I just kind of said, all right, here's the ball. You you know, you do what you do.
0: And he did. And he did. And he did. I mean, the guys, they're all, they're all so different. Like, I feel like, tell me I'm wrong, and again, maybe my memory is skewed, but I feel like Danny Fortson, like when I used to watch him, I think back now in his career – like, did that guy go his entire career and never miss a shot? I feel like he never missed a shot. Right? I don't remember him missing a shot.
1: Is that just only me? When he was, only when his rebounds weren't up, and then he would kind of crotch it so he could, he could crotch it a couple times, get two rebounds, and then score.
0: <laughs> only then, right? I mean, he, yeah, he, yeah I just don't remember him you know, missing back shots. To Nick,
1: Nick, Nick was the best uh, big-game score or late-game score that I've, I've ever seen he made unbelievable baskets to win games.
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: With us and in the NBA.
0: How do you, How do you explain that hug? What exactly is that? How do you explain that?
1: Mm, he's got a big set. I mean, he he is not afraid at all. He has no fear
0: at all. Like if he made more big time big game shots, on both levels like where do you where would you put deshaun butler i mean he was clutch really really clutch like in that regard how do those two compare
1: well i tease day all the time i i keep watching i kept watching the tape at the end of the first half he makes a three-pointer and he says something and i can't make out what he was saying so i kept asking him he kept laughing and he finally told me i said what did you say he said, I hit that shot, and I looked at him, and, I, and he said, and I said, I own college
0: basketball. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But but he did, though, right, at that time? At that time, he did. He yep. did. So, Hug, are you just kind of hanging out in the hotel room right now? Or are you killing time? Are you hoping this conversation comes to an end soon? Where are we at? I'm touching base with you. Sitting here
1: with bated breath waiting for you to call.
0: So call. we're still good, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I can keep
0: firing Absolutely. questions. We're still good. I don't want to disrespect your time, the week you of the tournament. You know what?
1: Be. It, it was, it, I really enjoyed the times whenever uh, we were here in India or wherever we were, and we could go sit in those chairs and sit and talk, and people were standing around, and we were
0: broadcasting all over the United States. It was pretty good. Oh, man, those were good times, right? You, Your memory is impeccable. It's incredible, the stuff that you remember. It's so true. Those, those were good times. But however, however, Hug, you know as well as anybody – there is no rear-view mirror, man. We ain't looking back. You and I are still having good times. Like, this shit's not as good as you and I being together, but this is so much better than not talking. There is no rear-view mirror. We're good. I hear you. I'm good. I know. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear good, that. But it was fun. It was so fun. It was so fun. I was thinking about this, and I don't know if—
1: uh, I don't know. I mean—
0: Not so fun? not
1: relegated to, to one floor and, and, and all that kind of stuff. We got—and and they have to, and I understand. I mean, I'm not being critical. It's just—it's not the same. Not the same as seeing all your friends and, and, and everybody, you know, that you haven't seen for a while and, and and for me as a young coach, when I got to spend time with the legends of, of college basketball, you can't you
0: can't even compare. You know, you're right. I'm not going to—look, I don't want to be that guy who's like, get the hell off my lawn. It's not the way it used to be. It was better then. But there's something to be said. A lot of that shit was better then. And if you've never been to a Final Four, at least not especially back in the day, I was telling the story the other day, Hug, that I remember walking—I don't know if it was— I mean, I can remember having dinner with Tom Penders the week of the Final Four. I can remember walking with my wife, Janet, to the stadium. I told the story the other day, Hug, that I'm walking, and I hear this, Rome, Jim Rome, Jim Rome. I swing around, and this guy looks at me, and he says, Jim, it's Skip Prosser. I really am a fan of your work. I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you just say that to me? I can remember going back and forth, hug with Jim Herrick back in the day, and they were in the Final Four, and I looked up at him after he won it. And I'm like, hey, Jim. He's like, how you like me now, Rome? How you like me now? <laughs> I mean, you're right. Those, those were amazing times, weren't they?
1: Yeah, you're talking about two West Virginia guys.
0: I know, right? Yeah, Isn't that amazing? Not, for, nope.
1: Coached at Willing Central. Uh-huh. In West Virginia, and Jim Herrick was born in Charleston. Went to University of Charleston. West Virginia guy.
0: Hug. You know what's amazing How about, about that? that? I did not. I did not tell you those two stories for that reason. That's that's. I mean, yes, I know this, but I was not thinking that consciously when I said that. How about that? A couple of West Virginia guys. That that can't be a coincidence, right?
1: And have two very dear friends, and, and Skip, one of the great guys of all time.
0: What about Skip? He God, he was one of the great guys of all time, man. You talk about a coaching tree. What a great guy. What What made him so unique? Why was he so different and so beloved? Because he was and is.
1: He was genuine. Yeah, he was one hundred percent genuine. He and I used to talk about whenever we go our separate ways. And he went to Wake, and and uh, I went to Kansas State, and then back to West Virginia. We used to talk about why don't we do? Why don't we go back to Cincinnati? And uh, Twice a week we'll meet somewhere, go to his pub one time, go to my pub the other day in a week of the week, and we can sit and talk and tell lies and talk ball, and, and it'd be great.
0: And we never got to do that. Yeah, mm. it's too bad, man. That, that That's a great story, but that is too bad. You mentioned K-State. A couple of things before you go. I could do this all day, by the way, but before you go, you mentioned K-State. I think about my guy Frank Martin, who I just adore. I love this guy so much. Like, Frank... And he was a longtime loyal assistant to you. He's his own guy. What did you think when you first met Frank? And what makes him so different, also as a coach and a leader and a mentor?
1: Well, I think the easiest way to explain it is I, when I was you knew I had to go back to West Virginia, and I was trying to get Frank the job. I was talking to Dr. Weefold, our our president, and the whole thing was he's never been a college coach. How is he going to coach? We had you know Bill Walker there and Mike Beasley coming in, and so forth, and so on. How we coach those guys i said listen you know why i hired frank and they said no i said i hired frank because i tried to recruit his guys the only way i was ever going to get a player from him was hire him hmm. and 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 it wasn't his guys that he got it was other guys that he got but uh I, and i said you know frank coached probably seven or eight high level division one guys high level division one guys you think it's easy to keep those guys happy? You think it's easy to be able to substitute, keep guys, get guys in, get guys out, not have a rebellion because everybody thinks they're the best player? you know how hard that is? I said, that's harder than anything I've ever done in coaching. And I watched him do it, and I watched him do it, and I said, i got to hire this guy on my staff. I hired him on my staff. And I, hopefully I know a little bit more about it than what you do. And they, fortunately they agreed, hired Frank. And uh, the rest is history. He had a great
0: career there. I love that. You don't just roll the ball out, come to find out. All right, so, Hug, what about this year? Given, given what everybody's playing for, and you just mentioned it, like it's, the stakes are so high you can't even leave the room, but to go down maybe to the practice floor, everybody's trying to be careful. Nobody got to play in the tournament last year. Given how challenging this season was, do you sense that it means even more to your guys now than ever before? And can you see it in their approach and their preparation? What's their mood like? Your guys. No,
1: we've, we've talked about it all year. We've talked about going to pregame meal, getting ready to play in the uh, in the tournament, in the conference tournament, and we're sitting out there having a just a little impromptu meeting. And my athletic director comes down and says, it's all canceled. What, what do you mean all? Well, the conference tournament's canceled. The NCAA tournament's canceled and to look at those guys and, and the look on their faces and the disappointment and I said you know we need to remember that we remember how disappointing it was and no matter what happens in terms of what we're asked to do in, in, in terms of trying to make it as safe and, and plausible as possible that we need to do it and they've been great they really have I've got enough returning guys that remember what it was like
0: so, Hug, really quickly, you, you're worried about your guys. I'm kind of curious about like this overall view. If you were, you know, that whole 30,000 feet thing, whatever. Gonzaga's the top seed, understandable. They're unbeaten. There's a lot to like about them. But, you know, the narrative, if there's one rap against, it's the conference they play in. You play in a really rugged conference, a really rugged conference. I'd argue that that's going to get you ready for the NCAA tournament. Do you think that that is a mark against Gonzaga that they don't play in a conference like that? And do you think that hurts them come tournament time?
1: I I have to hand it to Fuey in that he schedules as best he possibly can in the preseason before he plays in that conference. And I think he would be the first one to tell you, if not a block charge call uh, that went their way, we lose by five, it would have been a one-point game, and then anybody can win. And and I know Fuey well enough to know he would have said, no, he's absolutely right. And... It was shown over and over and over and over and over on T V, so anybody who watched the game or watched after the game knows that. So it's it's kind of a, a rallying point for us and that our guys know that we had an opportunity. Had an opportunity. There's just so many variables in our game.
0: I think, Mark, Few. I don't care what anybody says or where what conference he coaches in, I think this guy can flat out coach. I think the guy's an unbelievable coach who built an unbelievable monster right where he is. So, Hug, finally, like, I've heard you say so many times, and you've said this to me, like, your dad, your dad's a legend, but he got out too soon. And I know you're worried about your next game, but, you know, we get a little bit older, we think about things. Have you ever thought about, like, the way you want to go out, like in every in every sport, guys almost never get to go out on their own terms. Do you give that very much thought? How it ends, how you go out, when you go out, when it's time. How will you know when it's time?
1: Uh, I honestly don't know. Right. I honestly don't know. And I yeah. And again, and you know this. I've been blessed. I've been blessed to be around uh, the greatest coaches of all time, and with them while they were coaching, and then when. They had retired and moved on and did other things. And I never really got a good answer from them. And I don't have a good answer
0: for you. That's why I keep asking. I kind of apply it to my own life. Like, I don't want to stop either. I'm like you. I don't want to stop. This is still fun. This is still challenging. I still r- rolls me out of bed in the morning. But I'm, that's why I keep asking. I'm kind of curious myself. I'll keep but asking until I get it, my answer.
1: When it, when it ceases to be fun, then, then probably both of us will find something else to do.
0: We'll We'll drink. Yeah. or we won't. Uh, or we won't. I guess.
1: I guess. I guess I'd be lying to say that that wasn't uh, uh, something that I do occasionally.
0: <laughs> and I would be lying to you as well as if I said that that's not something I do occasionally on a Friday or a Saturday. Look, what we should do more than occasionally is this, man. You're right. When the world's back to normal. I'll get my ass on an airplane. I will come find you wherever you are, with or without an invite, and we will sit together in those chairs, and either there will be people looking at us or not, and we'll be on the air or not, but we'll just chop it up. How's that sound? I would love to do it. Hug, I appreciate you very much. I appreciate the friendship. I appreciate the years of interviews. I appreciate you making time for me, even though time is on your side and you're stuck in your room. But I so appreciate this opportunity to talk to you, Hug. Good luck in the tourney, and it's great to hear your voice.
1: Well, I appreciate you too, brother.
0: You want to hear something absolutely amazing? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards, that's where. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report, limitations do apply. Huge, huge thanks to my guy, Hug. Nobody like him. Probably the only guest where I can stop and ask him right in the middle of the conversation if he's still enjoying it, and he will tell me whether he is or isn't which is why I asked. I love the man. That's the kind of rapport we have. He and I have been doing this for a long, long time. I would not trade that for anything. I love the guy. I love the relationship. I already cannot wait for the next time we can chop it up again. Speaking of next time, I am back next week with a totally different conversation with NFL linebacker Will Compton. Make sure you get subscribed right now so you don't miss it. I will catch you then. I'm out.